Welcome to the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and I'm so excited that you're here. The Plan B CRNA podcast is the only show made specifically for nurse anesthetists who are exploring options outside of their traditional career paths. This is the place to expand your mind and your goals as we uncover new ways to produce side income together. Journey with me as I go down various rabbit holes to explore the best Plan B options for you. This episode is brought to you by On Call Capital. On Call Capital is dedicated to educating CRNAs and other healthcare providers about investing outside of the traditional stock market. On Call Capital also provides opportunities for you, yes, you, to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today. And now on with the show. Welcome to the rabbit hole on the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones. And throughout my journey in finding a Plan B, I've gone down numerous rabbit holes to figure out which ones work for me. Since I've done some of this research already, I only think it's right to bring that information to fellow healthcare professionals to help aid in your search. As always, it's important for you, the listener, to do your own research and form your own opinions. Everyone's situation is unique, and a Plan B that works for one CRNA doesn't always work for another. Self-awareness is the key in any decision you make, since you must have an accurate grasp of your own strengths, weaknesses, and goals. Now, today's topic is one that most of you will be well acquainted with, particularly when you forgot to bring a snack to work. Our rabbit hole of the day is dun-dun-dun vending machines. As usual, I dove right into finding out about the market size and scale for vending machines. And let me tell you that there are a lot of different numbers out there, and they vary dramatically. One research site says that the global vending machine market is around $20 billion. Another says that it's worth $52 billion. And yet another says it's worth $135 billion. Now, that's a pretty wide range. No matter how you slice it, though, the U.S. makes up about a third of whatever market share there is. But the thing that I like to focus on is trends, and that's where the numbers align a little more comfortably. On average, the global compound annual growth rate in the next six to eight years is between six to 10 percent, which shows that demand for vending machines is increasing globally with similar growth expected in U.S. markets. There are roughly five million machines currently in the U.S., with only around 2 million of those currently in use. Many of the largest businesses in the space are machine manufacturers, from divisions of Mars and Coca-Cola to industrial companies like Crane, Diebold, and Worth. Only a few companies like Canteen in the U.S. both supply and operate machines, and even then, many use local partners. This means that more than two-thirds of the U.S. market is made up of small independent operators, making under $1 million in annual revenue. These are individuals who are using this more as a side hustle rather than a primary way to make a living. And no single entity owns more than 5% of the market, which shows you just how fragmented it truly is. There are a lot of people involved in this industry, but is it really profitable? Well, the website, thehustle.com, CO sur surveyed 23 vending machine owners with various sized operations and found that on average, an operator had 13 machines with a monthly revenue of $4,433, coming out to about $309 per machine. Of course, the numbers did vary from $75 to $650 per machine per month. 
but the information is helpful in cultivating appropriate expectations. And profit margins per item varied between 43 to 86%, with many operators buying their products in bulk from places like Sam's Club and Costco to sell them later on for at least twice the unit price paid. On average, an operator who made $5,000 per month in revenue might expect to take home around $2,000 to as high as $3,000 in profit. Now, to make this work as a full-time gig, an operator would typically need to find some economies of scale, building the business up to dozens of machines that collectively generate a living wage. One vendor that I found has 35 machines that generate around $10,000 in revenue per month. And he can visit all of his machines to restock, collect money, and make needed repairs in two days and not have to go back for two weeks. His name is Ibanez, and he has a YouTube page where he chronicles his life as a vendor. Now he has 362,000 followers and actually makes more money off of YouTube than he does off of his vending machines. Crazy, right? All in all, though, these are pretty good numbers that have piqued the interest of people looking to have a semi-passive source of income. Vending Nation, a popular private Facebook group for new vendors, has grown from 6,000 members to 40,000 members since January of 2020, with many of those new members coming from underrepresented groups like Blacks and Latinos. This is likely due to the accessibility and relatively low startup costs involved. So how do you get started? Well, I have several steps for you to consider. Number one, consider your vending machine options. Most people think of the standard snack and soda machines, and those can be great, but there are many more options to choose from. Let's go over those, shall we? We'll start off with those food and beverage machines, since they do make up the majority of vending market share in the U.S., with beverages alone making up nearly a third of vending sales. You can have a machine that offers snacks, drinks, or both. You can choose to purchase different types of machines for one location or place one kind of machine in multiple locations. Keep in mind that you want to be cognizant of where you're placing your machines. I mean, if you have gym locations, going with protein bars and shakes might be a good idea. Uh, a school vending machine might do better with juice and granola bars. People do like their healthy alternatives, not just soda and chips. Next is bulk vending machines. These are generally low-maintenance machines that stock things like gumballs, stickers, rubber balls, or similar items. No, they are glamorous, but those quarters can add up. Many of those machines are older, and a refurbished one could cost you as little as 50 bucks and bring in as much as $30 per month. So long as they're in the right locations like schools or amusement parks, of course. Next is specialty vending machines. These are often found in large public places like arenas, airports, and malls. And they offer goods like tech accessories, beauty products, or other specialty items. This includes hot beverages that are successful in offices and conference centers, but requires specialty beverage equipment. Uh, retail travel items like phone chargers, headphones, neck pillows, skincare products, and electronics. Laundry products for those laundromats out there and apartment complexes, or even campus residence halls. And then even tobacco and cannabis vending machines that can be lucrative depending upon your state laws and taxes involved. And then finally, there are franchising opportunities. These are a great option for those that don't want to build their business from scratch. You can work with a proven business framework and receive extra support and training to get your vending business up and running. And you can also choose how many or how few machines to invest in, keeping in mind that a portion of your profits go to the franchisor. Number two, 
find the right location. Where you decide to put whatever machine you choose is the most important factor in earning a profit in this business. A hot beverage machine might not work well in a strip mall full of coffee shops, but it might work well in an office park. Some locations to consider include schools, hospitals or medical centers, grocery stores, airports, shopping malls, laundromats, apartment complexes, manufacturing plants. Keep in mind that there are many other places that I didn't list. Just think of all the times when you're most likely to purchase something from a vending machine. Chances are your food selections were limited, you were in a hurry, or you were waiting somewhere like the DMV or something. Once you have an idea of places to put your machine, you'll need to secure that location. This can be done by cold calling a property or business owner or soliciting them in person, particularly if you're a frequent customer already. You can also contact your Chamber of Commerce for info on major businesses in your area to get more ideas. Remember to try and place your vending machine at companies with at least 100 employees or considerable foot traffic. There are other things you need to know, uh, such as state-specific vending laws, regulations, and compliance. This varies by state, and you can find out this information at your local chamber as well. Oh yeah, and you'll have to consider ADA compliance and accessibility too. One last thing about location. You want to make sure that you have a contract drawn up for your proprietor with commission rates and a contract link. You can generally expect to pay the property owner between 10 to 25% of your overall revenue. There will also be other terms, such as provisions for breach of contract, as well as expectations regarding servicing and restocking, vandalism or theft, and the prospect of unprofitability. Number three, now it's time to actually purchase your vending machine. There are many different price points and offerings available, both from local and national suppliers. When cared for properly, vending machines can last upwards of 10 years or more. Many operators recommend buying used or refurbished machines, which can cost anywhere between $1,200 to $3,000. A new vending machine can cost anywhere from $3,000 to $10,000, depending on size and features available. And then there is the inventory cost to consider as well, which could cost a few hundred to thousands of dollars per fill. But we'll get to stocking in just a minute. To find your machine, you'll want to look to manufacturers or wholesale vending suppliers who have the widest selection of machines for sale with the newest technology and the most services for delivery, repairs, and training. You can also look to secondary market sellers or specialty online retailers who allow you to browse multiple brands and models with helpful business resources. And then there are, of course, online platforms like Craigslist and eBay that have thousands of machines for sale. You'll soon see that vending machines have a wide range of features and capabilities, such as you know, snack and drink combination machines, credit card and large bill functionality, touch or voice accessibility, remote monitoring software and low stock alerts, branded wraps for the front of your, your machine, and interactive screens. These features can be costly, so make sure you don't get tempted into buying things that you don't need or it will take longer to actually become profitable. Step four, stocking your vending machine. Inventory selection is a great opportunity to boost sales. You can choose to look at larger food and beverage trends, but it also helps to pay attention to local site-specific trends as well. If you have a combined food and beverage machine, keep in mind that the beverages will make up most of your sales. It's also worth considering what your location can support in terms of pricier foods and drinks with things like flavored and coconut waters, energy drinks being more in demand, you know? Product shapes and sizes matter too. 
If you really want to sell cartons or irregularly shaped products, you need to make sure you have a machine with adjustable product sizing. To stay on the safe side, don't overorder inventory in the beginning so that you can continually adjust your offerings based on the demand that you see. Step five, explore your financing options. As advanced healthcare providers, many of us make pretty good money that allows us to make investments of a few thousand dollars as needed. But that isn't exactly couch cushion money, and you don't have to go the self-funding route if you don't want to. If you're already a business owner and have the financial history to prove it, you can probably secure a short-term loan of 18 months or fewer. You could also look into an equipment financing loan, the terms of which depends upon the value of the equipment, which ultimately acts as collateral in the case of default. There's also inventory financing out there if you need additional capital to stock your machine. And then finally, number six, make the right investments. You've made it this far, but now it's time to hone in on making this business profitable. Most standard machines require you to manually manage your inventory, which is doable with only a couple of them. But if you want any more than five machines, you will want to invest in a vending management system or VMS to help you monitor your inventory remotely. VMS software provides real-time inventory updates and reporting tools to your internet-enabled devices. Another investment that you'll want to consider is your time. Vending operators are often dependent upon word-of-mouth referrals and in-person connections, so you'll need to foster relationships with other business owners and local networking groups. You also have to spend time on customer service, which means a bit more than just visiting locations and restocking or repairing the machines every week or two. You may want to consider a 1-800 number for service requests and comments, which is a useful way to get feedback. And this can also help you learn about trends in sales and new products. All right, gang, it's time for my favorite part of the show, pros and cons. First up is a pro. It's easy to operate and run. This is a fairly simple process. You buy a machine, you put it in a good location, you buy wholesale inventory to stock the machine, and you keep your machine replenished on a regular basis. Do this and you should make a profit on your vending machine. Con, it can be a slow startup. It takes time and resources to place your machine in a good location. I mean, you, you have to transport the 600 to 800 pound machine, which may require you to use special equipment or hire a truck or large vehicle. And your profit may be small in the beginning with time needed to improve the situation through customer feedback and product shuffling. And since the average machine only makes about $150 to $300 per month anyway, you're probably looking at pretty low overall cash flow until you can scale up, which does bring us to our next pro. It's pretty easy to scale. There are plenty of funding options out there, so you can realistically start off with a few machines in the beginning and expand locations as you become even more successful. Next, though, is a pro slash con, and that's the time commitment. While the time commitment isn't huge, it isn't nothing either. Remember Ibanez from earlier in the show? He visits his 35 machines to collect money, restock, and repair in just two days every two weeks. Now, I'd work two days to have 12 days off and still make full-time income, wouldn't you? But you also can't just take a couple of months off since there is a regularity to this business. Next up is another pro slash con, low barriers to entry. If you have $3,000, you can get started in this business. That's pretty low as far as startups are concerned, and there are plenty of financing options out there. 
there's no special educational requirements needed to get started either. Of course, this means that literally anyone else can get into this business too, so competition may be fierce as a result. Pro, you make money while you sleep. A vending machine has no opening or closing time. It always is there operating to make money for you. Con, theft and vandalism though. Vending machines are an easy target, which makes your location choice all the more important in keeping your investment safe and secure. Pro, flexibility. You're your own boss and you make the schedule of when you collect money and restock machines or when you need a mini vacation. You can also sell almost anything with a vending machine so you can quickly and easily change your inventory as customer preferences shift. Con, repairs. Vending machines are located in public areas with a lot of use and some abuse, so you may have regular breakdowns. If you don't know how to fix these yourself, you could end up spending a lot of money hiring someone else to manage those repairs. And finally, our last pro, little overhead costs. You don't have to pay someone else a salary or benefits here. You don't have to advertise your machine, and you don't have to purchase or rent any office space. Since the business is cash-based, you accept money before products are dispensed, meaning that that money can be used to directly purchase your inventory. So all in all, I have found that there's a lot to like about the vending machine business model. You can create a decent stream of side income without a ton of dedicated time. Of course, I, I have resources in the show notes to help you get started, as well as a few books such as How to Start a Vending Machine Business, Earn full-time income on autopilot with a successful vending machine business, even if you got zero experience, by Walter Grant and Matt Colvin. Yes, the grammar of that title bugs the bejesus out of me, but it has a five-star rating with over 300 reviews on Amazon, so you might want to check it out. Next is Start Your Own Vending Machine Business, Collect Monthly Full-Time Income on Autopilot by Building a Vending Machine Empire by Liam Buckley. This is a beginner's guide that also has a five-star rating, and over 300 reviews on Amazon. And then finally, how to start a vending machine business. In these seven simple steps, you'll discover how to create a monthly full-time income automatically with little budget and no experience required by Jordan Mallet. Again, highly rated on Amazon with over 100 reviews. And those last two books are actually free on Kindle Unlimited, but all three of them are under 20 bucks paperback. And that's going to do it for the show. As always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you found value today, make sure you hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. This show only grows because of you, so make sure you share it with a friend, family member, or colleague to help them on their passive income journey. I also want to hear from you. If you have a question, comment, or rabbit hole topic that you'd like me to cover in an upcoming show, just put it in your review of the podcast. I check those all the time, and I cover those questions in future episodes. If you'd like to learn more about me, and gain access to passive investment opportunities, make sure you find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or visit my website at www.oncallinvestments.com. This is Bobby Jones signing off. Until next time, be safe and take care of each other out there. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. 
This episode was brought to you by OnCall Capital. They are dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find OnCall Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page, where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.